This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. So now Posey ranges away and there are some intangibles that those projections failed to take into consideration. The crowd was going crazy. There's not much in life that's better than that. You're listening to Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys on the 95.7 The Game Podcast Network. Hello there. Welcome back to the Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys podcast. Sam Loveman here with Joe Shasky. And don't let this Warriors gear we're wearing fool you. This is a Giants podcast. Episode 50 of the Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys podcast. 50 episodes, Shasky, one episode for every home run that Max Muncy hit against the Giants this week, it feels like. <laughs> uh, but you know what? We don't want to talk about Max Muncy right now because we have uh, we had some breaking news this morning, Shasky, and that was the news that Giants pitcher Logan Webb yeah. was signed to a five-year, $90 million extension that kicks in starting next year. Uh, really quick, uh, breaking down the numbers there. So next year, he's making $8 million. This could be the first year of the extension. In 25, uh, 2025, he will be making $12 million. In 2026, he's going to make $23 million. 2027, another $23 million. And then in 2028, he will be making $24 million. Now, we've all been saying, you know, Farhan, sign someone long-term. Finally, get someone to build around. Well, the Giants have a guy who they can build around now. This is the first time that Farhan has given out a contract that goes longer then three years, Shasky, what were your initial reactions when you saw this break about Logan Webb? I mean, so many thoughts. Number one, I'm so thankful that Logan Webb wants to stay here. Um, we can argue about whether he's an ace, whether he's a great number two, whether, you know, you know, you think he's elite or just very good or maybe a, a victim of not getting enough run support. What We can argue about that. This is a guy I want to keep. Like, let's take a step back. Homegrown guy from Sacramento through the Giants farm system, pitched his A off in 2021, was dominant in the postseason. I want to keep this guy. Now, I think it's great value. You look at what free agents are getting on the on the on the market when they hit free agency, somewhere between 25 and 35 million based on their track record, if they're good to great. And this is going to be below market value, plus you're projecting. So three years down the line, imagine what we're going to be paying for pitching in free agency. I think this is a great deal on value. I think this is a great deal in terms of rewarding your own. I think this is a great deal for the Giants fans and I really don't see the downside. Now, is there risk when you sign a pitcher? Of course there is. Do I wish they had other guys in the rotation? Of course I do. But man, I am happy that Logan Webb is going to be a giant that I can buy a jersey of and root for for a long time. 
Yeah, there's two things I kind of want to say. Uh, I want to go back on there. Uh, one is, yeah, I do agree. This is a very team friendly deal. It's crazy to think that 90 million is now considered t- uh, team friendly, but that's just where baseball is these days. But yeah, you know, the next couple of years where the Giants have some money on the books, Logan Webb's contract is not going to be really taking up a whole lot of space. So no. it does give the Giants some room to work with uh, this offseason to pursue any big time free agent pitchers, hitters, or maybe guys who pitch and hit. Wonder who that could be. And then later on down the line, next few years, Giants have barely any salary commitments uh, beyond 2025. So that big, those big numbers, they really fit in there as well when you're going to start hopefully seeing a lot of the Giants minor league talent really start to matriculate up to the big league level. Um, and then the other thing you want to, you said was uh, the risk factor. What's the big thing we've kind of ragged on Farhan for in the last few months? He's not really taking risks. Yeah. The Giants have been very, very risk averse. They're going to go for very low risk players, very low risk you know, signings that can have the potential for high reward. We haven't really seen that gutsy move yet. You know, We're trying to figure out you know, what's been the, the, the gutsiest move that Farhan has made. I remember I mentioned on the show one time the, the way they made the Mark Melanson trade, and you kind of scoffed at it, rightfully so, because – as gutsy as that trade is, if that's your gutsiest move, you're not making a lot of gutsy moves. No. I think Chris Bryant has also been mentioned in there as well. But yeah, there there is a little bit of risk right now, especially with how Logan Webb has struggled a little bit to start this season. Now, there's some debate as to how legitimate those struggles are. I'm not really ready to uh, close the book on Logan Webb yet. I still think he has potential to be a very good pitcher for this team. But it, it is nice to see Farhan finally breaking out and making that long-term commitment to a player, really giving the, this team someone to to build this organization around. Because as we've said, the Giants have always been known for their star players. And this kind of gives the Giants a chance to have a star on their team that fans can really like. Factor in the fact that he's a local kid. And I think this... It sets up very well for the Giants going forward. It, this is less, uh, I, I mean, if you look at it, I mean, you're, you're looking at almost the exact same deal that Jeff Samarja got, you know, and this is going back, what, seven years ago, six years ago? Yeah, 2016. Uh, so think think about that, Giants fans. Like, think of what you paid, and you could say that was a bad deal, but, like, that's market value. That was market value at that time for Jeff Samarja, a 3-4 starter, you know, to be a free agent. Like, it was five years, $90 million. So locking up one of your own, I love this deal. The other part of this is that I think he will age gracefully. He's a sinker baller. He's not a guy that relies on 100 miles per hour. Um, he's a guy that's going to hit a lot of ground balls or at least try to get a lot of ground ball contact. I think he works well within the confines of the division of the ballpark. And I think he's one of the great competitors that the Giants have had over the last five years on this team. Buster Posey is obviously going to be at the top of that list. But in terms of pitcher grinders, he just fits everything I'm looking for um, when I give someone a contract. I'm not worried worried about his work ethic or his desire to be great dropping off. And I think that's a big element of free agency that you just can't understand. This is a guy who's been in the building. I know what his makeup is like. There's no like getting around it. He also hasn't had any arm trouble. So knock on wood. I mean, anyone could get hurt, but when you're a a low to mid nineties guy with sync, I I'm projecting you're going to have a long career. I agree with you. And first, you know, it's funny you mentioned the, the market value really quick. You know, five years, 90 million. That's what the Giants gave Jeff Smarja in 2016. It's also the same years in value the Giants gave Barry Bonds after he hit 73 home runs. So, again, that, that, this Think is where the money is. I know, that's where the money is right now. But, no, I want to talk to you, Jess, about how he can age gracefully. He's yeah. been in here. He's been 
setting the tone as far as work ethic. I had a chat with Logan Webb towards the end of last year. And uh, one of the things I, I, I kind of asked him about was just how he's viewed as a leader. I did go around the clubhouse and I would mm-hmm. ask guys, you know, who are the leaders here in this clubhouse? And, you know, uh, Brandon Crawford was mentioned. Mike Yastrzemski was mentioned. Logan Webb was the only guy under the age of 30 who was mentioned as a team leader. So as far as kind of setting the tone, I kind of asked him, you know, what's it like for you to be considered as a team leader on this team? And this is what he had to say. It's something I've really tried to, I don't think I'll ever be somewhat of a really vocal guy, but I want to be, um, it was important for us as like, we had our exit meetings last year and everything. And we we talked about, you know, me kind of making that jump to be a leader. And I, I really want to be able to say, I. I'd like to be a leader on this team, and it is cool that I have guys that have, have been saying that. And yeah, I think it's um, you know when you, I think the most important thing I've learned from the leaders that I've been able to be around is that you know you show up every day and do the, you know you come to work every day. It's not pick your day. You you can't just pick and choose the days you want to come in and, and work. It's it's every day you come in and you you know you put your work in and try your try to you know pick the guys up when they need it and do little things and it's been fun for me to to, you know kind of learn how to do that and watch other guys do it and maybe kind of take that role on so he's he's learned from the past leaders he's played with guys like buster posey he wants to come in he wants to set that tone get the little things done shassi when you have a guy like that on this team who's going to be around for as long as he is Logan Webb, he has the attitude that I want to see throughout the rest of this roster. That is a guy who wants to show up and win. He's kind of got a bit of an aw shucks attitude about it. You know, he said, you know, he, he wants to be considered a leader, but he's not a vocal leader. You know, I've heard sometimes that the best leaders are the guys who don't really want to the be reluctant. leaders. Yeah, the reluctant you know, leaders. The reluctant leader, exactly, because at the end of the day, they just – there's just a down to earthness about them. And you really do see that in Logan Webb because he's just, he's not a great ball player. He's a great human being. And when you look at some of the great Giants franchise players in their history, you know, going back to Buster Posey, going back to Will Clark, going back to the Willies, those were guys who set the tone, not just with how they played on the field, but with how they comported themselves off the field and around the clubhouse. And that attitude is infectious. And I think the Giants, so to speak, kind of hit another, I guess, home run. I don't know if home run's the right analogy to use for a pitcher, but in terms of having a leader with the right attitude, Giants got a good one. Yeah, he's got a lot of the Matt Cain qualities that I'm looking for. <laughs> That's right? a good one, yeah. You know, like he's got a lot of the Matt Cain qualities. I think he's competitive as all hell, um, holds himself accountable, feels like a stand-up guy, feels like a grinder type of a guy. And then I just look at his his makeup, the multi-sport athlete in high school, Um has been in shape, durability, like he's got, he checks a lot of the boxes that I'm looking for. And I, I do agree with you on, on the leader. And it's just nice that someone wants to be a giant, a lifer exactly. giant. I think like that's a very good way to put it too. You know, someone that really wants to be a lifer giant. And the reason why I like the Matt Cain metaphor they're very different pitchers in terms of the stylistics. Like Matt Cain was more power pitcher with the curveball. Um, but in terms of like, we needed one guy to plant the flag to represent the wave of youngsters that we're hoping are going to come through. And Matt Cain was kind of that guy. And and maybe Harrison is the Lincecum to his Matt Cain. You know what I'm saying? If, That's if a good Logan way to look at it, actually. Yeah. Is the first one. I don't know. Now, Lincecum was a comet, a meteor, if you will. He, he was rare. But I just... I really like Logan Webb. Like, you're not going to tell me that this guy doesn't belong in this rotation for the next five years in the top three slots. He does. And I'm excited to see what comes to fruition. I don't know if he'll get run support. I don't know how many wins he'll get. But he's a guy I want to go to war with year after year. 
Yeah, and I know you, you mentioned he could be kind of the Matt Cain to Kyle Harrison's Tim Lincecum. I do like that comp there. But again, I think the big thing is we the Giants, again, they have their star, yeah. so to speak. I, again, it's, it's kind of hard to say that when he's off to a rough start. We got I'm our not, guy. Forget star. He, we got yeah. our guy. He's our guy. The guy. And I did ask Logan Webb, you know, do you think you can be kind of – you know, the next guy to kind of follow in the footsteps of some of the other great stars here. And I really liked his answer. Here's what he had to say about that. It takes a lot of consistent years to be able to say, you know, you're a, the, I guess, face of a franchise. So I'm, you know, I got a long, I got a long ways to go, but you know, it's something I, I do look forward to trying to do that. And, you know, hopefully someday be able to say, put my name as one of those guys. I think that's everyone's, everyone's goal. But yeah, you know, I love it here. Uh, I'm, I'm from this area, so it's uh, even more special, and it'd be even more special to maybe say I could be. But uh, like I said, I got a long ways to go, and you know, just it's almost like every day just show up. And I think that's the first part of the last question too is like showing up every day and doing your work. And I think I think when you can start being saying you're you know a leader or a guy that guys look up to, and I think that's important, and that kind of leads to some of the other stuff. Exactly. It just. That's either you really kind of see the humility in there as well. And that's why I'm just I'm so excited about this guy. I'm so excited about the signing. I'm so excited that we're just we're having, I feel like, tangible progress towards yeah. the future now. And you know, we ask, you know, what's the vision of this team? What is the direction? Well, we have it's we have we have our heading now. Logan Webb is kind of like the heading, he's the direction, he's the guy we're gonna follow in behind. Will he be the best giant on the next great giant team? I don't know. Matt Kane, he was not he wasn't the best giant on the next great giants team when he showed up. You know, that was guys like Buster Posey or Tim Lincecum. But this, so to speak, I think the, to, to put a final bow on this, the Giants have a guy who they can now look to and say, you know what? That's the jersey you can get. That's yeah. the guy you can rally behind. That's the guy you can trust. And yeah, I think he really fits this organizational ethos. And I'm just very excited about this. I'm very excited to have Logan Webb locked in because he is a guy who, if he, if, if the Giants did not hold on to him or if things had went south with him, it would have been so demoralizing. I know. He's a great building block. And that's the way I would put it. I don't know if he's one of the foundational pillars. Time will tell. But it's a great building block, and I'm glad that we have him. And I'm glad he rides and dies with the Giants, man. I mean, this is a Sacramento boy came up through your system, and you want to reward those guys. This is the template when you draft someone like him. Like, this is what you're looking for, to buy out arbitration years and give him a nice contract. So congratulations to Logan Webb. I'm happy 62 is going to be in a Giants uniform for the foreseeable future. Yeah, he'll have plenty of money to go uh, sit courtside at Kings games going forward. I guess that's yes. the one flaw is he has to be a Kings fan and not a Warrior fan. You know what? What rep your team. Exactly. So uh, you are listening to the Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys podcast. Sam Lubman here with Joe Shaz. He coming at you every week with the best Giants content out there. Make sure to rate, review, subscribe, share it, tell everybody about it, because this is the place to come and get your Giants content. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So the Giants did play baseball this week, uh, as they do every week during the season. They didn't just sign Logan Webb to a contract. They did play the Dodgers this week, and uh, it's a very up-and-down series. More downs than up. The Giants you know, were only able to take uh, one of these three games. And uh, this week, I think we saw 
the Dodgers kind of do their own little torch passing here where once upon a time, Clayton Kershaw was the big bad that we always feared when the Dodgers came to town. But he really wasn't the big bad this week. It was uh, it went to Julio Urias and uh, I don't even like saying this guy's name. Max Muncy uh, has become, I think, the new public enemy number one for Giants fans. Shask, I just... At this point, how do you even pitch to Max Muncy anymore? It's, it's, do you just try to walk him, or is there a, a desire to, you know what, we want to try and beat him no matter how many no. times that we f- we fail at it? Stop pitching to this guy. I mean, that's straight up. Like, it's Scott Harrison, move aside. Nolan Arenado, Paul Goldschmidt, the Harrison brothers, all move aside. Paul Aduka, move aside. All great Giants killers, move to the side. Michael Tucker. This is one of the worst Giants killers of all time. This guy has destroyed them, and they need to put one right in his back. I mean, like, straight up, stop pitching to this guy. And they need to keep bunting and forcing him to play defense at third base. Make this guy move. If he's going to play third base, keep bunting and force him to move. But I'm so sick of watching him. And the thing that frustrated me this week about the Giants-Dodgers series, it's not just the Max Muncy thing. They've gotten a lot worse, the Dodgers. They've lost... You know, Gavin Lux was supposed to replace Trey Turner. Trey Turner is one of the best players in baseball. I mean, as evidence of him starting for Team mm-hmm. USA. And then they got Gavin Lux to replace him. I don't think Gavin Lux is a traditional shortstop. I think he's more of a second baseman. And then he's out for the year. That middle infield take a huge step back, and yet they still feel superior to the Giants. Their bullpen is suspect, yet they still feel superior to the Giants. Why? Because they've got two all-world players in Mookie Betts, mm-hmm. And Freddie Freeman. And then this guy, James Outman, comes out of nowhere, the Sarah High School guy, and he's balling. And Max Muncy, frozen cold heading into the series. Now he's balling. It's very frustrating right now to be a Giants fan because you look up and they've won five of their last 23 or something like that against the Dodgers. It's like, brutal. Yeah. I they, mean, they, they it, were able to snap an eight game losing streak uh, on uh, Tuesday night. And I'm watching this game and I like, they cannot you know, close was- the gap. They couldn't, you know, Alex Wood went four and two thirds inning that night. He was kind of looking a little bit wild in the fifth inning. Gabe Kapler came out to take him out. I'm trying to think to myself, it's like, do you let him work through it there? You know, he was a little wild. He threw 13 pitches in that fifth inning and only five of them were in the strike zone. The ones that missed were all over the place. I know. And I'm thinking, it's like, are the Giants maybe putting a little bit more emphasis on trying to win that game Tuesday night just because they need to snap this home losing streak to the Dodgers? Uh, Jacob Junis came in. He got out of the jam. Gone to another jam the next inning. All right, don't let him work out of it. Let's have Scott Alexander come in. And then, of course, the bullpen was able to close things out. The Giants got the win. It was a really good win. You know, you, whenever you beat the Dodgers, great. When you end a home losing streak to the Dodgers, it's good because the Giants, they, the, Bonte said it on, uh, on the morning roast the other day, Giants got a Dodger problem. And because every time the Dodgers come to town, it, we become Dodger Stadium North. Unfortunately, it, it, it earns me to say this Wednesday night. Mookie Betts is stepping into the plate and I'm hearing Mookie chants. I know like throughout the ballpark. I just it, it's gotten. But this it's this really is, fallen down for the Giants. It's, it's it's gotten to a very dark place and it's it's not great right now. Well, and I think this goes back to the Logan Webb conversation where you have to have your own that we can embrace. I mean, I like the Michael Conforto signing. Now he's hurt. We'll see how long he's out. But like, I like the Conforto signing, but you can't have a team of free agents or guys that are one and two year, you know, stop gaps and expect us to embrace those players if they're not all world. Mm -hmm. I think it's very, very difficult right now for Giants fans to embrace this team. Logan Webb and Camilo Duvall. 
that's really it that represents the quote-unquote new wave of Giants coming up through their system. You're seeing a little taste of Elliot Ramos. I hope he stays. You're seeing a little taste of Tyro Estrada. I hope he stays. You're seeing a little taste of Joey Bart. I hope he stays. But, like, it takes time for this team, for this fan base to embrace some of these guys. And, you know, it was great to see Darren Ruff get a big hit in his first time back, but I always question, like, okay, What's Darren Ruff really going to do to the bottom line of the team moving forward? Okay, maybe he helps you win a couple of games here and there. That's where I'm like, I'm ready to take the step back to take the big step forward. And it feels like to me, the front office is stuck in. There's a nobility in competing. It's like, no, like we have rejected you bringing cast offs in here and being an 84 win team. We will embrace you being a 71 win team. If it means we're seeing our own get come up through the system and play. Do you get where I'm going? No, I totally agree. And yeah, the whole nobility with competing thing. You know what? I would buy into the whole nobility and competing if they were actually competing. I mean, 2021 was great. We're never going to forget 2021. But the fact of the matter is the Giants cannot out talent teams. They really don't. You look at the Dodgers, even in their diminished talent state. I mean, the same that the Dodgers have diminished talent when they still got guys like Betts. They still got Freddie Freeman. That lineup looks like a stud. Yeah. There's still that the the rotation, the bullpen for the Dodgers is still just as strong. They may not win 111 games this year. It's still a damn good team that the Dodgers have the Giants. They simply they can't out talent them. So you're seeing where they really have to out maneuver, out matchup, out platoon, out this, out that. Uh, I heard you know a statement the other day on one of the other radio stations here in the Bay Area, where the the the, the belief was that Farhan he's he's building his roster day by day to win that day's game. You know, and it was like that's what he does, and I like that. And I'm listening to that. It's like, no, I don't like that at all. I don't want to win games day by day. We need consistency. Winning games day by day, maybe that worked in 2019 and 2020, but in year five, the plan should not still be we're trying to piece wins together, especially you're trying to do it against teams as talented as the Dodgers and Padres. You can't be saying playoffs are the expectations, and these are the moves that you're making. If you were being more competitive, then yes, there is nobility there. But when you're saying we're trying to be competitive, we're trying to compete for a playoff spot, but then you're you know getting humiliated on your home field by your arch rival, at some point it's just like, you know what? Take the step back. You talk about Darren Ruff. You know, the Giants brought him in because they're struggling against lefties. I think as a team, they're hitting a 193. Uh, the right-handed hitters are hitting somewhere in the low two teens, 214, somewhere around there. Darren Ruff, he's a guy who can help out with hitting against lefties. But here's the thing. Look at Casey Schmidt's numbers. Again, these are only in the minor leagues. Casey Schmidt hit 319 against lefties in the minor leagues last year. I mean, I get the I get bringing in Darren Ruff, but you have an internal option. Why not well, give Schmidt a try right there? But this is this goes back to like they're so risk averse, and then they're worried about their own prospects failing and whatnot. You're hanging on to them in the minors for so long that by the time they come up, they're not officially prospects. I mean, mm-hmm. Casey Schmidt's 24 years old. And if he was, oh, it took three years to get through the system. He's a college player. College players are supposed to go through your system quicker. Like, they have this belief that X amount of bat-bats in the minor league level is what you need to make the bigs and blah, blah, blah. Dog, you can either play or you can't. The bats in 2020 are not what's holding back Joey Bart, like him struggling a little in 2020 or conversely him taking a bunch of minor league at bats in 2021 clearly didn't help him become a better ball player for 2023. So like, I'm kind of sick of hearing about how the sausage is made. Show me the sausage. 
cook it up and let's go. And I would much rather fail with a bunch of 22, 21 and 20 year olds than a bunch of 31 year olds and 33 year olds. Mm -hmm. I, 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 Elliot Ramos, we're watching him right now. Was he that much better than Luis Gonzalez was last year? Really? Not really? really? No, really? I mean, no, so it, it, yeah. that's where I'm going with this. Like, I'm frustrated. Like, I'm sick of of seeing it. Like, right now, you've had four or five different catchers play catcher this year. One uh, press out for the year. Well, thank God we played him in the first weekend of the year. Thank God you started him off. I would have rather seen our back at this point. Again, yeah. where are you going with a 33 year old Perez? What? Like, you're not competing for a championship, no. and that's I think their self awareness is out the door. They do yeah. not realize you're not competing for championships. This should always be about, we are trying to compete for championships. And if we're not, which I don't think they are, and I don't think they, I don't even think they believe that they are, then you should be developing for the future. And they're not doing either of those things. Yeah. And it does it. I want to say it kind of shows a lack of faith in their process, but the giants, they, they have, they are very committed to how they do things. And that is one of my biggest gripes with Farhan is that yeah, I agree he doesn't that. try to break out of his, of his operating mode. And the, the problem is, I mean, they, they've had successes. Casey Schmidt is looking like a developmental success. Another developmental success they've had is David VR. You look at his numbers, I like VR. minor leagues and his numbers, they've gotten better at every yeah. level. Chastity, I'm glad he's playing every day, by the oh, way, but here, the, the, the development of David VR, just as an example, yeah. at, uh, in the, the a ball level, he was hitting 262 and is hitting a home run about one, every 37 plate appearances. By the time he got up to AAA, he was able to bump that average up to 275, and he was homering once every 14 plate appearances. You're seeing him now at the big league level, and he looks like a big leaguer. I, I don't know if he's all-star of a Hall of Famer. That guy's a big I think leaguer. He's a starter. Trust your process. Let's, yeah. You know, trust your process. And at the same time, don't be afraid to break away from it as well. I it's know. tough. It's I know that. I know that sounds contradictory to say that, but if the whole concept is to move forward, make you make a move like a Darren Ruff, sure. Darren Ruff, he's not a bad giant. I, I'm not like angry or anything about him being back. I'm not thrilled about it, but it just it it's well, a here, stall here. it's a stall out move. We're, we're running on a hamster wheel right here when we have a guy like Casey Schmidt. Just give him a shot. You gave well, David VR a shot last year, and it worked great. Let's try it again with Casey Schmidt. Where are they going with Mike Stremski? Like, wh 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 where are we going? Like, be honest. Where where are they going? Nowhere. That's, that's another Nowhere. one. Yeah. Nowhere. Where are you you're, going? You're with hoping for I like, a bounce back at this point. I, and I like JD Davis. Where are you go? JD Davis and, and and Darren Ruff are like basically the same guy. Pick one. Mm -hmm. Instead, you got two of them. Where are you going? Like, where are we really going, with Wilmer Flores? Yeah. It it's it's a level of frustrating. And it's just when you when you see the the, the good moves that sometimes the Giants make, and then you you pair them with the bad moves, it's just the inconsistency. There's too much redundancy. Of, yeah, redundancy. That's a great word to There's say. Too much actually. redundancy. That's my biggest issue is everything is like redundant. Like Jock's a DH doesn't really have a defensive position. Well, so does JD Davis. Well, one guy's a lefty and one guy's a righty. It's like, all right, well then why is Darren Ruff here? That's two of them. Then why is Wilmer Flores here? That's three of them. Like those guys are all the same guy to me, right? You know, mm -hmm. essentially limited positional versatility. I'm going to DH and clog up first base. What? Huh? Like even Lamont Wade, stop telling me about his OBP. Lamont Wade is a fringe major leaguer. That's what he yeah. is. He's a fifth outfielder. He he's he's defensively very poor at first base. Like again, I'm not trying to hate. I'm just saying, like, where are we going with some of these guys? Nowhere. Yeah. But I mean, it's the one positive I will try and take away from that is again with the Logan Web signing. No, I agree with you. There are, are 
one Casey Schmidt gets here, they are slowly breaking away from that kind of stalled out situation they're in, but it just, it needs to happen a little bit quicker. And yeah. when you see a team like the Dodgers that Agreed. just, it's just so talented, how all that homegrown talent to the point where they're not sweating, losing guys like Trey Turner. It's you're, you're looking at that. It's like, ah, I want the giants to be like that. So mm. uh, you are listening to the garlic fries and baseball guys podcast. Sam Lubman here with Joe Shassi coming at you every week with all the best giants content out there. Make sure you're rating, reviewing, subscribing, and sharing because this is the place you want to be for all your Giants content. Shasky, I want to try and have a little fun here uh, in this last segment. We're a couple, uh, 12 games now into this season, and I find myself really just kind of up and down with some of these Giants games. You know, they're one day they're putting up 12 runs on the White Sox, and you're thinking, woohoo, we're never going to lose again. And then the next day they're getting shut down by the White Sox, and you're wondering if this team even knows how to play baseball. It's just, it's been such an emotional roller coaster to start this season off. It's almost like you don't really know how to kind of comport yourself as a Giants fan in terms of how to deal with Giants baseball. So I figured you and I, as seasoned Giants fans, we got over. 40 plus years of combined Giants watching experience. Try 50. Let's have yeah, 50 years, something like that. Um, I want to get into some do's and don'ts. Okay. 2023 San Francisco Giants. So I'll start off with this first one here. And that is a do. Do expect an even distribution of power throughout this lineup. Don't expect that power to carry the team. <laughs> what I mean by that. You're going to see a lot of guys hit a lot of home runs on this team. Mitch Haniger is going to come back. He's going to hit a lot of home runs. Michael Conforto, he's showing a lot of power. David VR, he's showing a lot of power early. Yastrzemski, he can get the last couple of years while the hitting, mm-hmm. the contact hitting hasn't been there. The power still has. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of guys here who could hit a lot of dingers in this lineup. But it's going to come and go. It's There's going to be days where they're hitting five, six home runs in a game. And then there's going to be days where it's just like, are we ever going to hit a home run ever again? Shasky, it's almost at a point where the Giants are almost too reliant on home runs. And this is something that kind of worries me. Uh, over 60% of their runs this year, again, it's early, 60% of the runs have come off the long ball. That is just not sustainable. The league average this year, about 40% of, home, of runs are coming off the home run. This is two years removed from 2021 where literally 50% of their runs were scored on a home run. You look back throughout their time at Oracle Park, never once did the Giants cross the 43% threshold during huh. that time. The Giants got way too reliant on the huh. home run. And then last year, you kind of saw it. The home runs, they took a step back. There wasn't as much power there. And so there was a gap in the offense the Giants were not able to really kind of fill. And I think that's part of why you saw a team go from 107 wins down to 81. So as fun as it will be to see all these guys hit home runs, I still don't think you're going to see a 30 home run guy and you're going to see a lot of these home runs. How many of them are actually going to be useful? I mean, if you're winning a game six, seven, nothing, and then you add another three, four home runs on top of that, that's cool. But what's that do? If we're already blowing out the other team, you add another couple home runs onto it. That's awesome. But the home runs, they, they, they will not carry the team. They're going to be fun. Definitely enjoy them. But the Giants need to find other ways to score beyond home runs. I totally agree, but they have no speed. I mean, it's it's feast or famine. They've built a team with a bunch of guys who they may get an occasional walk, but they're going to strike out like crazy and hit jacks. And to your point, 
I do think all year it's going to be feast or famine. So one day we're going to be thrilled. The next day we're going to be ready to pull our hair out. To me, the lack of situational hitting is already driving me crazy. Runners on second and third, less than two outs, and strikeout, strikeout, strikeout. It's driving me nuts. Oh, don't even get me started on the bases loaded. I just I remember last year when they went thirty straight plate appearances without a hit with the bases loaded. It just it it, it seemed like. Like it, it, I was almost impressed. Like, I feel like that's really hard to do. And then this year you're seeing again, Chasky, the Giants already lead the major leagues and played appearances with the bases loaded. And they're hitting 290, I believe, right now with the bases loaded, which is good uh, at his teams with uh, double digit plate appearances. That's seventh in the league, which again, nothing to shake a stick at. But there's so many times where you have the bases loaded and then it's three strikeouts in a row. And it's just that's so demoralizing. If there's one guy that I could pinpoint that I think will bat around or above 300, I think it's Estrada. Estrada, that's a good one. I think Tyro Estrada has the opportunity this year to to be a 300 hitter. So I know we're lost in the sauce with all the home runs and the strikeouts and everything. Tyro Estrada quietly is a guy that I just think he's a solid, good ball player. And I think he benefits from the lack of the shift as much as some of these other guys. Yeah, uh, and which is good because you, you're you starting to see better defensive production from Tyro mm-hmm. Estrada too. That was kind of – I do think there is a bit of a lack of range that he has. Surprisingly. He is – he's a capable fielder. Is he going to win a gold glove? No. no, but he's getting to the point yes. where it's like, you know what? The bat combined with a glove is enough to where it's like, you know what? I want you in the lineup every day. And Tyro Estrada, he's a guy who I hear as a 2020 guy this year, 20 home runs, 20 stolen mm-hmm. bases. I would like to see him run a little bit more. I don't have his stolen base numbers in front of me right now, but I know the Giants have not really been very proactive on stealing bases. Let's let Tyro run a little bit. You know, do let Tyro run. Don't be upset about his uh, lack of defensive range. Um, one more I got for you. Okay, one more. Uh, Michael Conforto. Do have high hopes for him. He's looked great to start the season. He has. He has. He's hopefully going to stay healthy. I think he was. He got a little banged up in the Dodgers series, but I haven't heard anything in terms of kind of an IL stint. Again, knock on wood there. Uh, don't get too attached to him, though, because if he does have the year that uh, he is kind of having early on, he's not going to be back in 2024. And that kind of goes into one of my frustrations that I had in the offseason when I'm watching this current iteration of the Giants roster be built I'm very excited about this team, but there's no long-term juice here. As yeah. excited as I am about Michael Conforto, he's basically the hitting version of Carlos Rodon. Yeah, or Gosman, who, mm-hmm. boy, it would be nice to have Gosman's having another strong start to the season in Toronto. I really like Conforto, though. Mm-hmm. Like he, He's a solid ball player. He puts the ball in play. He's got power. Pretty solid defensively out there. I really like him. He would have been a guy that I think would have been so much better during the dynasty years. Could you imagine him hitting second or seventh on some of those Giants teams back in the day? Oh, yeah. he. I feel like he would kind of have a similar role, almost like what Angel Pagan had yes. on some of those dynasty yes. teams. Yes. Like, Different I feel player, like but I, I guy there, maybe not as fast as yeah. Pagan, but yeah. definitely a similar role there. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you, and uh, I'm just excited. I know we get Detroit, so we get another matchup of a team that they beat in the World Series a decade ago, and um, I don't know, man. It's it's not the end of the world. This, this giant season has not you know, totally ruined my hopes on, on where they're at. There are some positives. Again, I, the David VR, Conforto looks good. Yastrzemski has swung a hot bat. I'm seeing Elliot Ramos, and I feel like he's had much better at bats this year than last year, even though it's a small sample size. And then Joey Bart, like, let's just see if Joey Bart can play. If he can't, then so be it. Let's just see it. Give him the full opportunity. 
Yeah. So uh, really quick, let's take a look at this series the Giants do have coming up. They are in Detroit again, where Detroit, mm-hmm. uh, they're off to a pretty rough start. The Giants and Tigers, they've almost been kind of kind of linked together since that 2012 World Series. They both kind of had bouts of success after that World Series. And then in 2027, they were finishing one and two yeah. in uh, at, the, at the bottom of the at the top of the MLB draft. And they've both kind of struggled to really get back on track yeah. since then. The Tigers, they got a couple guys worth keeping an eye on. Uh, Spencer Torkelson, yeah. uh, the local kid, he's looking all right Petaluma. right now. Uh, Riley, yeah, Riley Green, he was drafted yeah. a couple spots ahead yeah. of Hunter Bishop in that 2019 draft. Mm. He's shown a lot of promise. Other than that, though, Scott Harris, who, you know, as we remember, he left the, the Giants to go run uh, the Tigers. Yeah. He's got himself a bit of a hole, really, to dig himself out of with this Tigers team. It's it's been really tough. They're just the Tigers. They got to a slow start. They did beat the Blue Jays uh, yesterday. They were able to salvage a game there. But uh, you know who uh, had their had their way with the Tigers this week it was Brandon Belt. I don't know if you saw any of those Tigers Blue Jays games. No. Belt had six hits in those no. three games. He had a four hit game, I think, on uh, what was I think Tuesday so do you miss night. Him? Do you miss him? Well, we're getting there. We're getting there. It's it was kind of cool. You see him come up to bat here in, in Toronto, and you hear his old walk up music, and it's just. The nostalgia hits you a little bit, but we'll we'll have plenty of time to talk about Brandon Belt when the Giants do go to Toronto later this year. Stuff, On the Robbie. hill tonight for the Tigers is Joey Wentz, who yeah. got lit up by the Red Sox in his last start. I think he was tagged for like four or five yeah. runs and under two innings of work. So the Tigers, they're a struggling team. Giants, you know, let's let's see one of those feast days yeah. for the Giants and maybe even put together a winning streak. They have yet to win two games in a row this year, I believe. And yeah. it'd be nice to have a, a, a W2 in that streak column. Uh in the, in the baseball standings agreed so anyway Shasky, before we wrap here you got any final thoughts yeah. uh, before we get out of here i'm exhausted from the <laughs> week that it was Dude, we, have, we have been running marathons on the morning yeah. roads this week so i know anyway giants taking on the tigers. my laptop right now face first oh jeez, yeah my, my laptop's screaming at me from all the work it's been doing so giants are in detroit this weekend uh, we'll have our eye on that as well as our eye on the warriors and kings on yep. saturday night uh, Sam Loveman here with Joe Shasky's the Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys podcast. We will see you on the next one.